and welcome to another episode of The Weekly Wrap. My name is Janine Ryan and I will be telling you what you can expect from the 12 February issue of Farmers Weekly, which will be on shelf on 5 February. On the cover this week are some beautiful Boerfelder cattle that belong to Carl and Willem Sliers in the Free State. In another story this week, we focus on banana production in South Africa and how South African growers need to up their game to ensure they remain profitable. We also have a story on the drug of the moment, ivermectin, and discuss the issues around people consuming this drug, which has been registered for animal use in South Africa. No, it's not a good idea, and this article tells you why. This issue focuses on farm security and safety, which is always relevant, but may be even more relevant now with labor regulations in terms of COVID-19 and the apparent increase in stock theft and farm attacks that we've seen over the past few months. We have two articles in this regard. One focuses on different technologies, particularly surveillance technologies that can help you foil farm attacks and keep you, your family and farm workers safer. The second article deals with making your farm a safer place for farm workers by removing hazards and getting your workers to and from the farm safely. This focus also includes an article on stock theft, but focuses on the heroes of stock theft. Those people who are dedicated to helping you recover your stolen animals and getting those responsible successfully convicted. But first, let's turn our attention to Burfelders and no-nonsense beef production. Father and son team Carl and Willem Saliers run Wicker Boerfelders on the farm Swatfontein in Freda. This is one of the oldest Boerfelder herds in South Africa. The Saliers say that the Boerfelder, a locally developed breed, is ideal for harsh farming conditions. Their herd is mainly run on sauerfeld, to which the Boerfelder is exceptionally well adapted, say the Saliers. One of the more unique characteristics of Wicker Boerfelders is that animals are not only selected based on performance statistics, but also visually for functional efficiency. Female animals are selected for ease of calving and precociousness, for example. Carl says that the Boerfelder is superbly adapted to their extensive farming conditions and explains that a well-adapted animal doesn't suffer from stress, which could have a markedly negative impact on production. The crops feature this week deliver some hard truths. We need to up our game or grow something else, says Mpumalanga banana grower Arno Saliers. And no, that's not related to the Boerfelder Saliers. Banana production in South Africa is under immense pressure. This is due to high labor costs and the ever-increasing threat of the incurable Panama disease. Panama disease is a major problem and is resulting in the area planted to bananas shrinking. Saliers says that once Panama disease is identified in an area, the area is isolated. The area is not replanted and nobody is allowed into the area. However, this isn't a foolproof solution. The disease spreads through the plant's root systems and rainwater. As such, trees throughout the orchard may be infected. To mitigate this, farm workers have to wash their tools and shoes with antifungal wash whenever they exit a block to prevent the disease from spreading. This adds to input costs. Not all is lost, however, says Lear. There are some positive improvements being made in the chemical control of Panama disease. These products are not yet available on the market, but are undergoing trials. Other than Panama disease, banana growers also have to contend with eelworm, weevil, borer, cutworm, red spider mite, and moths. Weevil borer is a particular problem in the Kipichol area where Slyer farms. Slyer also explains that Mozambique, South Africa's main competitor in terms of banana production, pays 
crops, only half the labor costs that South African farmers pay. This means that they can produce bananas for much less. So, can you still be a profitable banana farmer in South Africa? Siliers believes you can, thanks to cultivar improvement. However, farmers must ensure that their soil is healthy, as healthy soil means better yields, he says. Turning towards more natural farming methods is one way in which farmers can build up the nutrient content of their soils. Now on to ivermectin and the use of this to control COVID-19. Is it a good idea? Is it a bad idea? Should you visit your local co-op to buy some? Okay, well, let's start at the beginning. In South Africa, ivermectin has been registered for use on livestock to treat external and internal parasites. And the problem with humans consuming ivermectin that has been registered for animal use is that the ivermectin for use in livestock may contain other active ingredients which could be particularly toxic to humans. Moreover, the dosage recommended for animal use may be far too high for humans, and there have been reports of people exceeding this dosage, which could lead to insecticide poisoning or other long-term health problems. The South African Health Products Regulatory Authority has now given the go-ahead for the use of ivermectin to treat COVID-19, but this does not mean that anyone should just go out and buy the product that's been registered for animal use. The administration of the drug must be carefully controlled and monitored by medical professionals. Also remember that COVID-19 is a syndrome. The virus does not kill anyone. Rather, it is the immunological response to the virus that results in the disease that may kill someone. As such, ivermectin is not a cure for the virus. It will merely relieve symptoms. So don't use animal ivermectin, please. Now on to farm security and safety. Um, farms are often targeted by criminals because they are isolated, with your nearest neighbor being kilometers away. The saying, forearmed is forewarned, is particularly relevant to farm security. Being able to stop an attack is better than being able to handle the attack. Significant advances in surveillance technology means that farmers today can monitor activities on their farms remotely and safely and respond swiftly to any security breach. However, as always, these technological solutions are not standalone solutions and should form part of an integrated approach to security, which includes more traditional security measures such as fences and dogs. However, having said that, these surveillance solutions are highly effective. Photo surveillance, for example, consists of a camera surveillance system that uses motion detectors to activate and send photo alerts. These images are sent to users' devices via an app in real time with a date and timestamp. As the alert is based on a photograph, the app enables every recipient to immediately identify the location of the threat and determine whether or not it is a danger. Another surveillance technology uses audible warnings to alert farmers of possible danger. This technology relies on outer wireless sensor beams to detect security breaches as early as possible. These sensors are paired to a voice alert base unit that sends voice alerts to the farmer when activated. The outdoor sensor beams can detect movement up to 30 meters away and communicate this activation over distances of as much as 300 meters to the voice alert base unit. Another system uses vibration-sensitive sensors to detect disturbances to fences and other forms of perimeter barriers. The sensors are manufactured in cable form and attached directly to a fence or other perimeter barrier using cable ties, cable clips, or conduits attached to such barriers. Mechanical vibrations generated by disturbance to the barrier are converted into electrical signals, which the sensor decodes. The system uses artificial intelligence to differentiate between various kinds of disturbances based on the type of vibration. It's highly sensitive, so it results in an alarm only if there is a real threat, for example, if someone's cutting or climbing the fence. Finally, it's another system available on the market monitors abnormal behavior in livestock. As herd animals tend to stick together, the device sends an alert to the user's cell phone when the animals begin to act abnormally. 
The user can then monitor the animal's movement in real time thanks to geomapping. You can also receive daily updates on your animal's location. The animal's behavior is monitored through collars, which use cell phone networks to send messages to the farmer. You also don't need one collar per animal. One collar per 450 sheep, for example, is sufficient. The systems above are offered by specific companies, which detailed the use of these systems to Farmers Weekly. I'm not going to mention them here because we can't give all our secrets away on the podcast, but if you're serious about improving your farm security or even improving your residential security, do yourself a favor and pick up the 12 February issue of Farmers Weekly. The other article featured in the focus is on improving safety on your farm for workers. This means reducing occupational risks and hazards. As farming is considered hazardous work, it is in the best interest of the farm worker and farmer that risks and hazards are mitigated as much as possible. However, these regulations can be daunting. As such, if you are not entirely sure about the regulations, contact a labour consultant to help you. This will only stand you in good stead if you are unsure of which labour regulations you need to comply with or how to comply to these regulations. However, I'll help you to start off with. Yanni de Villiers, the director at Labour Amplified, says that as a first step towards compliance, you should draw up an assessment that outlines all the areas of risk in your operation. Once you have identified these risks, you can then determine how to mitigate those within your control. For example, if your laborers have to handle pesticides, which are mostly toxic, you cannot make the pesticide less toxic, but you can ensure that they have the proper personal protective equipment to ensure that they are minimally exposed to the toxin. Here too, informing and training your workers is important to ensure that they can lower their own risk by proper use of equipment. A transport risk assessment should also be included. While farmers are not obliged to provide transport for their workers to and from work, many do. Many workers are also transported on farms. There are many rules and regulations that determine how workers should be transported, such as no equipment or tools being transported with workers or the maximum load capacity of passengers. These must all be taken into consideration when you draw up your assessment. Worker health and safety is not just about mitigating risk, but also about maintaining human dignity and comfort. In this regard, you need to ensure that your workers have access to water and toilets while working out in the field, for example. In the final feature I want to discuss this week, Farmers Weekly speaks to the James Bond of the Beaufort West Stock Theft Unit. Sergeant Tabo Moletsane won the Western Cape Stock Theft Committee's award for Best Member of a Stock Theft Unit for the fourth year in a row in 2020. During the 2019-2020 season, Moletsane investigated 58 cases that led to 66 arrests. Of these, 45 went to court and resulted in 34 convictions. Captain Tian van Zale, head of the South African Police Service's Beaufort West Stock Theft Unit, says that to succeed like Molotsane in the Stock Theft Unit, you need to be a great judge of people and be willing to work long, irregular hours. You also need to foster good relationships with people and build a network of informants. Molotsane says that stock theft has increased significantly since he joined the unit, primarily because of the country's rising levels of unemployment and the fact that stock theft is seen as an easy crime. Most cases he investigates are thieves taking a small portion of the livestock for their own consumption and selling the rest of the meat. But the past few years have seen a steady increase in organized theft, where large numbers of animals are stolen by syndicates, he says. He adds that most farmers do a good job of stock theft prevention and management, and adds that farmers generally appreciate the importance of marking livestock properly. 
He adds that farmers must count the animals regularly, otherwise they won't know whether any are missing, or if so, when the crime took place. He also says farmers must report stock theft. Yes, farmers are becoming more and more disillusioned with reporting stock theft because of a lack of convictions and action by the police. At the very least, the reporting of stock theft will make the available statistics more viable. This means that law enforcement and the public will then have a better idea of the real extent of the problem, and who knows, more resources may actually be made available in the battle against stock theft. In the news this week, the Competition Commission is investigating the spike in ginger prices. Ginger is currently selling for around 400 grand per kilogram. While the CompCon has received around 96 complaints about the price of ginger, Dion von Zale, CEO of Grow Fresh Produce, says that the increase in price is due to trade disruptions caused by COVID-19, as most of SA's ginger is imported from China. Perhaps the increase in ginger prices is simply due to the balance between supply and demand. There's less ginger on the market, and the apparent health benefits of ginger have led to an increase in demand. So what do you think? Is this a supply and demand issue or or are retailers pushing up prices? Let us know on our social media pages. In other news, the financials of the Ingonyama Trust have again caused some concern for MPs after yet another poor audit outcome. According to the Auditor General, the Trust again submitted incomplete statements. Tabo de Toby of the AG's office explained that the Trust also failed to implement corrective actions to fix problems that were flagged during its previous audit. Toby said urgent intervention was needed to resolve the structural and operating structure of the entity to ensure appropriate governance. Lastly, some good news. This wasn't included in the magazine because the announcement was only made on the 1st of February, but the total blanket ban on the sale of alcohol has now been lifted. The ban has placed immense pressure on liquor traders and the agriculture sector across the board, and billions have been lost in revenue sales. However, with the latest lifting of the ban, let's hope that the industry will be able to begin its, unfortunately, long journey back to sustainability and profitability. That's it from me this week. Please follow us on our social media pages at Farmers Weekly SA. Relax and have a drink this weekend. Until next time, keep safe and happy farming.